Okay, so welcome to Not So Sugar Coated by Bert, who's not here, and Jasmine. <laughs> we, okay, so, okay, we, we're doing a series about porn, which is really awkward. Um, and I did mine yesterday, I'm not going to lie. And I kind of just went through it really, really fast because, to be honest, I'm still, like, embarrassed and ashamed of, like, my journey. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get used to, like, sharing it and not be ashamed because if you bring it to light, obviously everything's better if you do that. Mm-hmm. But we have some guest speakers today. We have Tiffany, who's already been here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Elan. Hey. How do you say your last name again? Kozegi. I really like that, Kozegi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty. So I don't know if you guys want to say a little bit about yourself because I don't think we even said that in the last the episode. Last episode, I don't think no. so. Yeah. So Tiffany, if you want to go first, <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> like, what do you want to go first? <laughs> no, I'm waiting for Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. Let's wait for Tiffany. What scary. do you want me to say? I don't know. Whatever comes to your mind, I guess. Uh, born from in New York, New York City, the Bronx. Uh, moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan, when I was, I think, like 11 years old. And been here since. I work at a church as a worship leader, and I manage the social media for the worship. I'm married. Been married for seven years since August sixth. Yes, and we've been together together for about ten years. Tyler, he's great. He's in Austin right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I blog. I I am picking up a lot of hobbies right now because <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. So I've I picked up photography, calligraphy just something outside of what I'd normally do because I do a lot of singing and that used to be my creative outlet so I'm in the season of uh, figuring out what I like to do I'm so burpy <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like looking at you trying to like suppress every burp like, yes, sorry but it's just really funny you can switch to water if you want it's totally but it's fine. so good <laughs> I know so sorry we all have uh rose lemonades that are bubblies yes <laughs> That backfired. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, what was I saying? Um, you know, when you say it's really, really interesting to me that you say, because now that scene basically is your job, mm-hmm. it kind of takes out your creative outlet. So now mm-hmm. you have to look for new ones. And I never like thought about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just realized that probably a few years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Elon and... I am. She's also a singer. I I <laughs> I am also a singer. Wow, big steps, big steps. But I formerly worked at a church with youth ministry, and I serve on a volunteer basis with young adults. And so I sing. I help lead worship at the young adult ministry, and I serve in the nursery with whatever age they give me. I'll take whatever they want. I don't really like the one-year-olds because they're so like they're kind of like not really talkative but they also want to talk to you but they also want to play by themselves but they don't know what they want so I don't like doing that but they're really cute um and I grew up in Texas I'm an only child and now I've been living in Michigan for the past six years well how long have you wait what part of Texas again Houston okay Houston all right Mm -hmm. and then you've been here six years yep six years September 10 how old are you 24. I can't do math. So how old were you when you moved to Michigan? <laughs> 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 I'm like, 
<laughs> I was 18. I like graduated okay. high school that June and I was like, I'm going to go to Michigan. You know, were you like nervous when you moved or were you just like, whatever? No, I was ready. Okay. Being an only child and I love my parents, but with my parents, it was time. Okay. I just needed to like find basically kind of find myself and like make things my own and experience life on my own and not be so attached to the things that my parents built. Okay. And just, yeah, I was ready for change. It's really funny. Cause <clears> I, <throat> when I think about somebody like, Oh, they're only 18 years old and they move. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. I like, I could never do that, but I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> At 18, I went to Dallas, Texas to mm. go to Bible college. So this is really funny by myself. I didn't know anybody. Yep. Like not, I didn't have any family members or friends. I just went and it's like with $600 in my pocket and wow. that's it. No wow. like job, no nothing, no car. <laughs> wow. I just went. And now that I look back at him, I'm like, dang, that was crazy. But when the Lord asks you to do something, I guess you just do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Now looking back at him, I'm like, nah, man, I got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So. Okay, so we are doing a porn series in the podcast right now. And, you know, did I say this while we were, I can't remember who we were recording or not, but I'm like really ner- like nervous about this episode because mm-hmm. like, it's just something that doesn't really, you don't really talk about it, especially for women. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, for churches, is like you go to us men, they talk about porn and lust and all these things. But for like women, it's like, mm-hmm. don't dress provocatively. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's all. Like, I don't even know. I, I, I think that's how far it goes yeah. Yeah. without having like a conversation about being pure in your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which is huge for men and women. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even with you saying that, Thinking about some of the women's ministries that I've been a part of, like, they don't even talk about it. Like, they don't, I don't even think they ever, like, dabble in just mentioning it. Like, they always just talk about, you're a woman of God, and mm-hmm. be strong, and put on your armor, and fight the devil, and I'm just like. And Esther. <laughs> right. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, and it yeah. sounds like it's always family-based, too. Oh, yeah. yeah that, too. It's just primarily that. Yeah. Yeah. Husband. I have so much to say about that, because I married and have kids and it's so easy to lose your identity with kids and then when they push that on you mm-hmm. as well it's like you feel like you're doing something wrong when you want to pick when you want to do something outside of your family yeah which is crazy mm-hmm. like i'm still dealing i'm still dealing with that i still feel guilty like wanting to do something like even right now like my kids are not here Bert took them to uh, my in-laws and all this stuff and i'm just like oh my gosh like I can't spend time with, like, I'm not spending time with my kids. I'm a horrible person for just even thinking and something like that. So it's a whole thing. And then uh, the other flip side is that we have women who are single and there's, like, nothing for them at the church. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. um, I remember being single, I got married a lot later than the typical church people. <laughs> I did not get married at 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only option that you have is volunteer mm-hmm. because supposedly you have nothing else to do. yep (laughs) and Tiffany you're in a different place too you're married and you're trying to have kids but that doesn't mean you're not busy that doesn't mean that you can have an identity outside of Tyler you Mm -hmm. know I think you do that really well so yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah that's where I'm at right now (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess I'll start a little bit with my porn story, I guess. (laughs) I don't even know what else to call it. I kind of want to go briefly a little bit just because there's like a whole episode about it already. But okay, so I grew up in like in a Hispanic home and Tiffany can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we... Well, my upbringing, I don't know if it's the same for you, Tiffany, but I, we grew up in a very, like, we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about anything like that. You don't talk about periods. You don't talk about anything like that. I literally found out about sex through sex ed in seventh grade. Like, (laughs) that's how I found out about it. I just, you know, and basically the reason how I found out about it, I was curious. I was just like, how does a penis fit into my vagina and so I I looked it up and at this time it was gross but I'm still looking at it to the point where that that's where I developed my addiction and I you know looked at it until I got like saved when I was 16 after that I didn't really looked at it I was one of those I guess blessed people who didn't really get tempted after that mm-hmm. and then I went to Bible college after that so I never really looked at it there and then when I moved back is when it started up again and uh and I would say it was sporadically it wasn't like I guess because Bert was saying like he was like almost like a a daily thing for me it was more like every other month type of thing but kind of saying like this is the last time Mm -hmm. and you still do it anyways Mm -hmm. type and I I think a few times I filled in my during our marriage like and Bert knows this too. And then I think like my freedom came when basically when I asked God, like Bert was out of town and I got tempted and I looked at it for like maybe five seconds. And I was just like, I, like, I was so convicted that like I literally threw my phone on the couch and like ran away from it. Like I just started pacing around the room and I started praying to God like, God, like, this is, I don't want this in my life anymore. You need to help me right now. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Like, why, how did I get here? And God just basically said, um, you're not alone. And I was like, oh, hey. Mm-hmm. And um, basically was the root of it for me was that I was feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. So every time that I was looking at porn, God was telling me that it's because we were feeling alone. And he basically basically said, I am Emmanuel. God is with me. Mm-hmm. So you're never alone. Yeah. And so that was my conviction. That was the root of it. That was how I found out, like, okay, like, why I look at, why I was looking at it and why I was doing it. And so that's where I kind of started being free from that. Mm-hmm. So that's my gist of my story. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how far you guys want to go. Who wants to go next? But yeah. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) Tiffany went first last time. Let's see. Well, you know, when I think about my story and like when it all started, it's so crazy because I had the same thing of like I was, it had to be right after they gave me the puberty talk in school. I went to public school and I was like in fourth grade and they, I think my parents knew like they probably sent them like a letter like, hey, we're going to do this talk or whatever. But up until that point, I don't think my parents ever talked to me about it, so it was very new to me. So I think it was after that, and I was like, because they talked to you about puberty and your body, and then I was like, 
I want to, I want to know what it's like to have boobs. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like because yeah. I didn't have any boobs. And yeah. that was like my gateway or the open door that led me into that. And so eventually my parents found out and they kind of walked with me through that. But it was when I actually got a personal device in middle school that it came up again because it happened a couple times when I was younger where I would watch porn. But then in middle school, I got my own phone or whatever, or my own iPod. And it was like, whoa, I have this whole open space to like look at this stuff and I didn't know yeah so I'm gonna back up here okay because I like to back up go for it (laughs) okay so first of all so when you said before you had a device was it like in the computer yeah so we had like a uh like a family computer yep and then like I didn't that was basically it and then when the iPod Touch came out is okay. when I got my, I think I had like an iPod Nano and then I got the iPod Touch. And then that was when I was like, because yeah. you can go on the internet and mm-hmm. all these different things. Yeah. Did you, did your parents like catch you or was it more like they saw something in the computer like, okay, it has to be her? <laughs> I think they saw it on the computer. Okay. And then that first time I don't, yeah, I don't really remember, but I do remember one time I had looked at it again in a more public setting and then they like caught me and then they like talked to me and helped me or I don't even know what they did. I mean, it was so long ago, but they tried to walk with me through it. So like they weren't like mad. They were more like, like, listen, like this is. Yeah. I never really like, yeah, I don't think they were mad. I don't really remember experiencing like shame from them. They just kind of wanted to help me with it. But when I got older, I just, I don't know. I think I just felt the shame and I didn't even like mention to them that I ever yeah, did yeah. that. Which is, I mean, honestly, with if it was my parents, they would have just acted like they didn't see it because that's how we don't, mm. that's how much like we don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool that your parents try to like help you navigate that. Yeah, for sure. Which is like a parent that I want to be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so I just... Yeah, when I got that iPod in, like, middle school, that's when I just started looking at it more, and then it didn't, I don't know, I don't know. I guess my friend group started to switch when I was in, like, eighth grade, and so it went from, like, hanging out with church people all the time to hanging out with school friends, and their perspective on, like, sex and sexuality shifted, and it was different, and since I didn't have, like, friends at church or leaders at church to, like, redefine that for me I just kind of started living based off of what other people were saying and at that time like what was on social media and in shows and things like that did you have social media at that point like in middle school yeah I, okay I don't even remember when Instagram out but I'm pretty sure I was like one of the first few to get it I was probably like 13 or something okay, okay. but yeah so it's for me it's really hard to relate because I we, I didn't get that until like way after college. Like, you yeah, know. I think I was like senior in high school when I got in Facebook. Yeah. And that makes me nervous. Like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do with my kids when they want social media and stuff like that? Because yeah. I, I can't relate to that because I don't know what it feels mm-hmm. like to be a middle school student and mm-hmm. like do yeah. that. So anyways. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was about this influencer couple and they had a baby and they don't show her on social media and they were talking about why and then in the the husband was like 
he would he said that they might one day have like this rule where they don't let their kids bring like their personal devices into a room with like a closed door like they can have the phone or whatever but it's like in an open space and I was like that makes so much more like I understand why he would do that because it's when you're behind the closed door Mm -hmm. that you feel like you have so much freedom just to do these things and then his wife was like yeah that's something we need to live out too is we'll all just have a open space where we use our devices but like the only thing you can have in your room is like a Kindle or something yeah Yeah. so because kids are sneaky yeah (laughs) I like uh two instances one person was like they were looking through porn through pinterest so they deleted wait 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 wait, wait. yes pinterest yes Since oh my when? gosh and now now i'm telling everybody everything <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> so what it is so they deleted their like internet browser and all these things okay mm-hmm. but when you go on pinterest and you click on like a like a blog or something it will automatically pop up a internet browser so that's how they start looking at stuff yeah that's crazy and another one is like there's another there's like an app i don't remember but like you can switch the icon to like um what do you call it to whatever you want so this this person i'm not gonna say who (laughs) was like they switched to a bible app (laughs) Stop. Wait, I think I heard this story. And so I was like, they were constantly like reading the Bible and they're like, wow. Hey, reading the Bible. <laughs> I was okay, like, yeah, what? Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that's, that's so new. That's bizarre. so sneaky. Crazy. Like they are sneaky. Like, no, I think I heard that through the Bible. I think they, this yes. kid was actually using the Bible app yeah. and through it, they were sending nude pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. I was just like, oh my <laughs> gosh, somebody tell Craig Rochelle. <laughs> oh my word. That's so crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, sneaky. Yeah, it, they're sneaky. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. So, anyway, wow. so that's a whole other yes. topic that I'm like, I need to <laughs> learn before my kids get too old. But, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. But after that, I was in high school and I just kind of started, I realized when I was in high school, probably like my sophomore or junior year, like this is like, it was really a problem. Like I just was, I felt so bound. I felt really isolated in it. And, but I didn't have like the relationship with my parents to feel comfortable talking to them about it. And I didn't have leaders at school or at church that I felt comfortable with like confessing it to. And then I would go look like how to get free from porn. And it's like for, it was either free porn. (laughs) no, no, how to get free from porn. No, but you know how you like Google that and then you're like, oh crap, this is actually porn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so crazy. <laughs> Anyways. And then it would just either be super vague or geared mm. toward like adult men. And I'm like. Yeah, it's true. And it's, mm, it makes I'm me so mad. I'm already pissed. Like you're just saying that. Like it's geared towards men or it's very vague. Like, mm-hmm. like even now, up to now, like. I hear sermons are like, yeah, I used to be free from porn, but, you know, God set me free and he can set you free too. And that's it. Mm-hmm. They, there is nothing in between that. And mm-hmm. you're just like, excuse me, like give right. me some steps here or right. give me something, give me something that I can like start my journey with. Like, cause I know every journey is different and it's not yeah. everything's not every single journey is going to be the same, mm-hmm. but you got to give me something too, because everybody has made that prayer before I'm going to. This is my last time. I'm right. never going to do mm-hmm. it again. And then yeah. a 
week later you're at it again so mm-hmm. how were you who's speaking up in the front were free and saying that you're never gonna do it again mm-hmm. but why mm-hmm. am i am i not holy enough yeah that i can't be free but you can you know it's something that i've it makes it makes me angry that yeah people think that they legit can't get free from it yeah so, sorry my little rant sorry no it's a good one <laughs> sorry sorry it's good <laughs> yeah and so i um yeah, I struggled with that a lot, and I never really found anything. There would be, like, confess to a leader or confess to a person. I'm like, who am I going to? I just never felt safe with anyone to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like from then, I graduated high school, and I still struggled with it. And it wasn't until five years ago when I had just started going to our young adult group. And there were two leaders. We were going to go to Target to do, like, evangelism. And so there was a group of us, and there was two, like, older women, a part of the ministry. And we had walked around Target, and we didn't really, like, no one had anything, like, a person highlighted to pray for or anything. And then these two older ladies were like, hey, I feel like we need to pray for you and the one of the other girls. And so they prayed for us in the middle of this Target, and then I just, like, experienced, and they didn't know my story. They knew little things about it, but they didn't really know the things that I struggled with. I was new to the community. I was new to the church and they prayed for me and I could just like so tangibly like feel the Lord's presence. And I could just feel like him lifting just the heaviness and like the burden of just sexual impurity and and addiction to porn. And from that moment was like a huge turning point for me. And I just felt like God really met me in that target and it was like right between the shoe se- the <laughs> shoe section and the lingerie which is so crazy but anyways that was like how I found my freedom and it definitely doesn't say like I don't still struggle with like temptation or lust but I I do believe that I was under like a lot of heavy like spiritual warfare with porn and I needed that moment and that prayer from those two women to help alleviate that heaviness that I was feeling and now I feel like you know since then I've had a more I have a deeper depth with the Lord about moving forward and having wisdom and I have a clearer mind to actually create boundaries for myself and to not just I don't know it just was one of those moments but I know that those moments don't happen for everyone and so sometimes when I share my story I feel like I don't want people to get so caught up in the moment because it's not always like that. And I don't know why it just, yeah. it just happens that way. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like with me, I, like I said, when I got saved, it just went away and right. then it creeped back because I mean, obviously I was, it's because I was prideful. I was like, I can do whatever I want. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. and I think if I would have not been so prideful like that, I think I would have been completely free. Um, but I think those, moments are important i i think they are valid and i think they are real you know mm-hmm. um it just sucks that that's not for everybody yeah and but i think that they're just they're equally both important mm-hmm. and i think like i don't want to like diminish people who have those moments and the people who don't that doesn't mean that god is not there for you mm-hmm. you know um so when you say they were praying for you at target were they specifically praying for that or they were just specifically praying like freedom for you I don't even remember what they said. Like, okay. It was just one of those moments. You just felt the presence. I just felt it. And they like knew of like, I'm trying to think. There wasn't like, they didn't know that I had a porn addiction. They knew I, 
had sex before marriage and that and different things like that but outside of that like they didn't really know any details or like depth of what I was going from and they just could just sense with me and my other friend that there was like this heaviness of whatever okay. on us and they just prayed okay. for us okay it's crazy all right and then you said so have you been tempted since then not to watch porn okay I notice that in seasons of I don't like the word seasons in times of loneliness mm-hmm. or lack of like depth or intimacy with friends is when I get tempted to masturbate okay but outside of that I haven't and I think one of the reasons why I don't is I've learned a lot about I just I don't think I ever realized how much human trafficking is within the porn industry oh yeah it's horrible and so when I found that out that was even like the cherry on top I was like absolutely not I'm not gonna try to feed in or support or any of that but I didn't know that as a kid and I didn't know that as an adult until like recent years it's just so crazy so um you say that you are tempted to you're more tempted to masturbate I think yeah when I notice that I'm just like not spending enough time with friends that I enjoy or I'm isolating myself that's kind of when I get triggered because I'm feeling that loneliness or that um, lack of relational intimacy. Yeah. And I think it's easy nowadays to isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it just is because you can binge watch something. You can mm-hmm. just, I don't know, you can do whatever you want nowadays without really having any like real human interaction. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Tiffany. Um, I'd say I I had a similar story as you did jazz gosh my my I recall childhood memories of just my parents would be watching a movie or some sort of tv show or something and some sex scene comes up and they're like get out of the room get out or close your eyes yeah you're like but why like you're kind of like kind (laughs) of closing your eyes but you're kind of like trying to peep through it and that always I think sparked some sort of like curiosity of like what what can I not, why can I see this? And similar thing, like we never had the sex talk or even how a woman's body works. And I got that through sex ed in school. And even like, remember the first day I got my period, my mom didn't even know. Cause I was like, I, I know how to take care of this. Like you don't like, I can do this on my own. And the only sex talk that I ever got from my parents were don't have sex. That yeah. was it. Mm-hmm. Like don't have sex. So I got introduced to it through the family computer as well, I would we would have times where we can go and play games. And I would be playing games and then an ad would pop up. How do these ads get into kids' games? I have no idea. But they were like kid games. Mm-hmm. And I in my mind I think I, I I connected that imagery similar to images that I couldn't see before. So then I clicked on it. And that's kind of what got me into it. I was probably, I don't shoot, I want to say like maybe like 10 years old, 11 years old when it was introduced. And I got caught. So I didn't get caught like on the spot doing it. But my my dad came and found me. He's like, hey, can we talk? I'm like, yeah, which is shocking, right? That my dad would come and talk to me about that. But he said, have you have you been looking up things that you shouldn't be on the computer? And I remember just getting super nervous. And I was like, he's like, I talked to your brother and it wasn't him. 
And I, I mean, me and my dad are really, really close, so I can't hide anything from him. And I said, yeah, it, it was me. And I felt, I mean, the whole time, even when I would watch things, I always felt very shameful because it was something that if, if I wasn't allowed to see it in with my parents, I knew that I was doing it in secrecy, but I like I didn't know why it, why it was bad, but it's like I felt bad for watching it. And he, I remember him saying he was disappointed but I think just getting caught by my dad and because of the relationship that we have, I just didn't want to do it again because of that. I was tempted after that and maybe would fall into it here and there. Um, but I, I, I honestly didn't really struggle with it much after that encounter. I, I want to say, honestly, I can't recall it's not like I had this uh, like this moment with the Lord and was completely freed of it. I don't know at what point in my life I just like just stopped caring for it. Yeah. So when you said so when your dad had that discussion, mm-hmm. does that mean that you completely stopped right after that? Or? No, I, I still like there was maybe a few faults that I had, but outside of that, like I really didn't. Okay. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. Do you feel like you get tempted now? Not really. I mean, no, no, not really. Not to like go and search for it myself. Okay. Does it trigger something if I'm watching a, a, a movie or there's a scene? It triggers something, but it doesn't make me want to go like search for it. Okay. I'll just skip it and, and I'll be fine. Yeah, but no, not really. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Just that, you know, um, I think it's different for women mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. but like you know obviously the man's brain is different than the woman's brain yeah <laughs> but like i think for w- the reason why women do it is for like either isolation or um alone or something like that mm-hmm. versus like for men it's more i I would say like a lot of them i use it for like stress reliever and i think for me it's just like okay like i feel alone or insecure Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. so for like women like who watch porn i mean it's the same amount like women and men is like the same statistic it's not like anything different but i think it's just different why yeah why we do it which is crazy to me and we don't even talk about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) well I still like I carried a lot of shame still until the young adult ministry that I was at I remember there was a after worship was done a volunteer a female volunteer had come up I think you might have been there at the time maybe I don't know and she shared her testimony of being freed from pornography Mm -hmm. and I remember just being shocked because I at that point I would say the church didn't really talk about porn. Yeah. And if it was mentioned, it was usually yeah, about guys having problems with pornography. So I remember being shocked. And that kind of was the opening door of like, wait, like I'm not alone in this. Like I didn't, I wasn't the only one that had struggled with, cause I always felt weird. I'm like, why? Like once I found out that it was mainly like a guy thing, I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why was I interested in this to begin with? I felt the same way too, by the way. I, I, when, like, I held my secret for so long, Mm -hmm. and even when I would talk about it, I would talk about it, like, 
if it was in the past. Yeah. Like I didn't have any issues with it anymore. Mm -hmm. Because technically I hadn't seen it in a month. So yeah, mm -hmm. I am free from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I already mentioned like, yeah, I used to. And it's like, nah, girl, like do a heart check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're still into it just because you haven't seen it in a month. Yeah. You're not free. And so, because I was so shameful because women are not supposed to act that way. When mm -hmm. women are not supposed to think that way or see that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like, and so that's where, um, yeah, that's why I was so like nervous. I even mentioning that because, um, it's not quote unquote normal, but statistics are telling us something completely different. So well, I have a friend who <laughs> she, she has a pretty high sex drive. And she's mentioned to me before, she's like, is this normal? Like, mm -hmm. should I be, like, I feel like I'm so, like, an odd person because it's not, it's not normal. Women are just not normally, like, that sexually active. And I'm like, I think that's the problem. I think the problem is we're being told that most women are not sexually active, that once you get married, like, your sex drive dies down. And this, I don't know, I, I feel like I always hear that side mm -hmm. of things that, that makes it seem like, oh, only men are, like, super mm -hmm. sexually like they all they want yeah. is sex and and women no women don't really think about that stuff and then you know even someone who is married and does have mm -hmm. a high sex drive feels like they're out of place because of how i think culture has kind of molded that for women yeah especially in the church mm -hmm. because even when you watch like raunchy movies like women are like whatever like mm -hmm. i'll do what i want with my body type of thing mm -hmm. and it's like they're trying to match up to like a guy's sexual drive like yeah and now it's like but in the church it's still like no you're not going to talk about this right let's the men handle this and yeah it's crazy yeah so yeah and i, w I would say i i didn't really share about it because i i felt still some sense of shame of it until we started doing at our young adults ministry a sex and god conference mm -hmm. where we talk about sex and all things about it identity homosexuality all the things and that was the first time where I felt like I can actually like I'm like wow mm -hmm. they would we would have conversations in our meetings about it and I, I felt like I'm like can I say anything should I say anything I'm a leader in this like is it weird that I used to struggle with that and I don't know it was just still it was very weird <laughs> for yeah. me but that kind of will open the door for for me to be able to share that I, I had struggled with that yeah. and which I think allows me to even be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So like so you're single. Wait, are you single? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm all like, wait, <laughs> she probably has a boyfriend. I'm like, oops. Okay. So as a single person, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to men or women, I guess? Oh. Oh boy. There's just so much. I think <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things I'll start off with, I know I had mentioned like growing up, I didn't have anyone to confess to, but now that I've been like planted into a church community and at a young adult group, like I now feel, and especially with the things that our young adult group has been teaching about, I now feel comfortable talking to either my friends, a part of that group or that church or like leaders at that church about my struggle. So if you aren't planted in a church community that you feel comfortable repenting to, then I would encourage you to find one because that does help. Like when you 
at least for me, like when I started telling someone, it really kind of released the weight of it. Yeah. And also it's kind of like, um, man, that thought just lost, I lost it, but it's all good. yeah, I would say telling someone because that whole like thing of like, I'm free, I can do whatever I want thing kind of changes. Cause it's like, well, if I do this now, I have to go tell someone mm-hmm. like, like if you have a friend that you can be accountable with and say, Hey, like, can we, if I fall or, or having that conversation of being able to share the struggles that you go through and repenting to them about it, that helps a lot because now it's, it doesn't really put like a fear, but it also kind of just puts this like, I don't know. Somebody can check on you. Yeah. You have someone checking in on you and you're not just like always stuck and in it. And then my other piece of advice of, of advice is to like know or to f- discover why, what like the root of it is yeah. and what you're lacking. What are you feeling this way? Because you, maybe you haven't hung out with your friends as much over the past few weeks and you've been at home or you've been working so much that you're not getting like the social things that you're getting or figuring out what area of your life is lacking and what could be triggering that um, desire. And then from there, just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Praise, seek the Lord, go to a wise Christian counselor that can help walk with you that you feel safe sharing about. Because yeah, you don't want to, you want to steward your sex drive well. It's not a bad thing. It's how God designed us. But there's also a way for us to live our lives with that and not, I feel like words are not my thing today. (laughs) It's a Monday. It is definitely Monday. Yeah, hopefully that's, like, kind of making sense. No, it does. Mm -hmm. I really like what you said, like, steward your sex drive well. Mm -hmm. That is something as a single person needs to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't learn that. You know what I mean? I, I just, I didn't. And, yeah, you just... Everything has a root of it, especially like sin. Mm-hmm. And so like when people like they say like, oh, like don't do this, don't do that. And which is totally fine. But like mm-hmm. if you don't learn how to like steward that, you're going to fail. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Versus like, OK, I can't do this. I can't. And you're so focused on no, 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 that you're going to fail versus mm-hmm. like, OK, how can I like how can I learn how to manage this mm-hmm. and be successful? Yeah, so, I think. Even just like place, like you said, placing boundaries in your life of like, if you can't watch a movie because of a sex scene that will trigger you, then don't. And don't, if other, who cares what other people think? They're not responsible for your relationship with the Lord. They're not responsible for your, your eternity and just figuring out what your boundaries are and set them and have someone that you can be accountable with so that if that happens, you can go and confess to them and always just seek and pray it and know that you know, God is just like, I heard this, well, I feel like there's two quotes. The quote I heard yesterday was, God doesn't count how many times you fall, he counts how many times you get back up. Yeah. And another quote that I had heard was like, sometimes this girl was talking about how she was struggling with masturbation and she would always, something that helped her was like, after she would masturbate, she would always remind herself like, God has never loved me more than in, than in this moment right now. Like, mm-hmm. God's love for you doesn't shift when you 
fall or you slip up, it doesn't mean that he's like saying to keep doing it, but just in terms of like shame, it's like he still loves you and he's still willing to walk with you and, and be patient with you and, and just to give you, you know, what you need and not to feel like you have to like, he's always like, clean yourself up. You messed up and you need to get your life together. He's just like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And learning how to, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now. No, that's good. I, I think the key thing is, is relationship with God mm-hmm. in that, because I think a danger that can happen with even taking having boundaries and setting those up and saying, Oh, I have someone that I can be accountable with is that can become mundane. Mm -hmm. And that can be like, Oh, I confess I'm good. Almost like when you go to a priest and you confess your sins and, and, you know, um, that can become, I think that can be, um, slippery if not cautious. And I think having that, but also having that fellowship with God I think obviously the more you spend time in scripture and the more you spend time in fellowship with him, your, your mind is renewed mm-hmm. and your desires start to, sh- to change. Yeah. And it, it becomes when you do have a fault, you have someone that you can confess to and keep you accountable, but that I think will start to minimize as, as the quantity of how that, how many times that happens. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's really good. And with that, cause I mean, I said it with Bert too, but um, what I said was like your accountability partner is not responsible for your sin. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I was like, because, you know, we always talk about getting an accountability partner. Like even when we were dating, I was like, make sure that you have a couple that you are like mm-hmm. telling them and all this other stuff, which mm-hmm. is, I understand. I, I understand the concept of it, mm-hmm. but they're not responsible for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And so like the expectation back in the day for me was like, oh, my accountability accountability partner is going to reach out to me. And it's like, you know what, though? You need to reach out to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you need to say, hey, I am having a bad day today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I am struggling with this today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because your accountability partner, partner is not responsible for you. And they got a life, too. It's oh, not yeah. like they're like, like, oh, I wonder if Jasmine's going to call me or text me today. Like, it, no, like... You need to say something and you need to say like, yeah, you're my accountability partner, but you're also going to have to say like speak up and say something. Um, So I would say that, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's good that what you said, Tiffany, about it is really actually about relationship and just knowing because the more you spend time with God through prayer and the word is the more you realize that he is enough in that you start to understand him better and yeah. yeah, that just reigns above it all. And then that's when it comes into confession and yeah. accountability, but prioritizing your time with him and getting to know his character yeah. will help everything else, you know, flow into place. Yeah, Cause yeah. I would say, I don't recall having that like just change moment, but I do recall. I, I just, there was a moment in my life where I started spending more time mm-hmm. in prayer and in scripture. And I think that's definitely when like, I realized I'm like, wait, I'm not, I'm not tempted to go see something or do do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And like, um, it it was like talking to like a bird about this, like, you know, like how like, um, Romans six is about like, so are we not going to like, we are no longer under the law, but under grace. Does that mean we get to sin more? And it's like, of course not. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we need, because we are free in Christ and, 
the more you read that chapter and I was telling him like the more confusing it gets because it's like oh you're free but that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want that means that you're just free and cry and you're just like wait what <laughs> and um and I was like telling him it's kind of like the because I watch friends a lot it's like the friends episode where like Monica I mean where they find out that Monica and Chandler are like getting together mm-hmm. so like they don't know that we know that they know that's mm-hmm. literally what that chapter reminds me of because it's like i'm free but i'm not no longer in the law but that doesn't mean you absolve the law you means that you're just free in christ and so you're like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and um and but the thing is is like i would never got that revelation if i didn't spend time with god i would have never gotten that like I would have never gotten that chapter if I didn't spend time with God and be like, okay, what do you mean by this? Right. Why are you, like, what does it mean? Like, um, just a difference between, like, reading your, like, reading the word and just be like, okay, here's my checklist for the day versus, like, okay, what are you trying to say to me today with this? But having a relationship with God, I feel like he's the one who's going to reveal to you what your boundaries are yeah. versus some, versus, like, a pastor or a leader yeah. telling you, like, right. Lock turn phone, off your phone at 10 p.m yeah. like you know just speaking from their own experience right, yes right. that's not doesn't work for everyone no right. and that and like i i think they mean well oh yeah and i think what they're saying is not like wrong mm-hmm. it's just more like you're gonna fail because you're gonna have a little checklist okay i'm not gonna have my smartphone at after 10 p.m mm-hmm. okay i'm not gonna watch this movie because of this mm-hmm. and then like three months later you're bored you're by yourself mm-hmm. haven't prayed haven't read your bible and right. you're all of a sudden in three hours deep into instagram mm-hmm. and you broke mm-hmm. and you broke down mm-hmm. i you know and the way the reason why i'm saying it this way is because i have failed at that mm-hmm. i'm speaking from my experience with that mm-hmm. but i know like when when you spend time with the Lord and when you are the one that's like, okay, what do you want from me, God? And all this other stuff. I think that stuff, like it minimizes it. It doesn't really go away, but it minimizes it to the point where like, if the enemy comes with this thought, you are strong enough to be like, okay, not today, saying, you know, so yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the two key points of that is when you spend time with the Lord, he'll reveal to you what the root issue is and only that way can i think can you get really in a sense like healed from Mm -hmm. from yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah is there anything else that you guys wanted to say i'm good no i'm good good. well thank you guys (laughs) no really seriously thank you because i know it's not easy it's you know it can get really awkward real fast (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i think that's that's it i think next week it will be with tyler mm. bert yeah i think that's it yeah. well thank you for listening i don't know bert usually ends these and i don't know and <laughs> well thank you for listening and see you guys next week <laughs> <laughs>